If we could model and mold the perfect church member, what would he or she look like? Well, he would probably be a man by the name of Barnabas, a man that we read about in the Bible. Now, Barnabas was not really Barnabas. His name was Joseph. His nickname was actually Barnabas. Guess what? The name Barnabas, though, means encouragement. And here was a man in the New Testament who had the gift of encouragement. He was an encourager. The Bible calls him the son of consolation, according to what we read in Acts chapter 4, verses 36 and 37. Here's what the Word of God has to say. And Joseph, who was by the apostles surnamed Barnabas, in parentheses, and it says, which is being interpreted the son of consolation. Then the verse goes on, a Levite and of the country of Cyprus, verse 37, having land, sold it and brought the money and laid it at the apostles' feet. Now the word consolation there actually means encouragement. It's the Greek word parakletos, which is the word we get uh, for the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit in the New Testament is called a paraclete in the Greek. The word paraclete is the word comfort or, or comforter. So here is another man who was doing for the people what the Holy Spirit does for the child of God today. What does the Holy Spirit do? He comes alongside of and certainly inside of us to give us hope, to give us help. The Holy Spirit is meant to be the believer's encourager. And all of us certainly need encouragement. I personally, I love to be encouraged. And I'm grateful to and for other people who have encouraged me over the years. I don't like to be around discouraging people. But this does not become a reality in our life as Christians if we're going to live for God. The reality is we are encouraged, so yes, we can be encouragers. Do you know why discouragement is really so bad? I think it's this. Discouragement opens the door for all other kinds of sins and failures. Someone said that discouragement is a dark room where the negatives of failure are developed. That's good. <laughs> That's plithy. The Bible calls God the God of encouragement. Look at what it says in 2 Corinthians 1 and verse 3. Blessed be God, even the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies, and the God of all comfort. While this word comfort is the same word used in Acts 4.36 for consolation. That's right. The word comfort, consolation, actually means encouragement. And here it says in the word of God that God is a God of all encouragement. Now think about it. If God is the God of all encouragement, then the devil is the minister of discouragement. Discouragement comes from the devil. Discouragement is certainly a major cause of failure. Bill Glass, who was a pro football player, he had a prison ministry after he retired from professional football. And one day he was preaching to thousands, uh, 1,000 inmates in a prison. And he asked them a simple question. He said, men, how many of you had a father who told you that one day you would end up in prison? He said almost every inmate lifted his hand. And that is exactly what they did. 
You see, discouragement is such a cause of failure. I want to surround myself with people who are encouragers. In the Football Hall of Fame in Canton, Ohio, there is a man by the name of Bobby Lane. And under his picture it says, and I quote, Bobby Lane never lost a football game. He just ran out of time. End of quote. Boy, I like that. You know, in 1 Thessalonians 5.14, Paul wrote, Now we exhort you, brethren, warn them that are unruly, comfort the feeble-minded, support the weak, be patient toward all men. And when you hear the word feeble-minded used in the text that I just read, what do you immediately think of? Someone perhaps who is mentally challenged or someone who is just not all there mentally speaking? Well, that is not what the word feeble-minded means in that text. The word feeble-minded means someone with a small soul. Someone who is small-souled. It is referring to someone who is discouraged. The verse is telling us to encourage the discouraged. That is a command from God Almighty. Encourage the discouraged. In a Charlie Brown comic strip, Lucy is talking to Charlie Brown, and she says, Charlie Brown, people put the jet deck chairs on the cruise ship in different ways. Some people put the deck chairs so they can see where they are going. Other people place the deck chairs so they can see where they have been. Some people place the deck chairs so that they can see where they are. Charlie Brown, how do you place the deck chairs? Charlie Brown scratched his head and replied, I can't get mine opened. You know, there's a lot of Charlie Browns in this world today. People who need to be encouraged. I want to give you five ways that you can be an encourager. And if you will do these five things, I really believe that you will be greatly used of God. Let's look at five ways that you and I can be a Barnabas and positively affect people in our world, in our families, in our circles, in our workplaces, in our homes. These five things are taken right from the life of Barnabas, right out of the book of Acts in our New Testament. Although we are going to put them in the first person, I'll give you the text with them so this becomes a Bible message on encouragement. A Bible message? Yes, what the Bible has to say about being an encourager. First one, number one, as we place it in the first person, number one, I will encourage others by practicing stewardship. The verses that I have to support, number one, simply are found in Acts 4, verses 36 and 37. Let me read those verses again to you, Acts 4, 36. And Joseph, who by the apostles was surnamed Barnabas, which is being interpreted the son of consolation, a Levite, and of the country of Cyprus, having land, sold it, and brought the money and laid it at the apostles' feet. Well, here is a man who had much to give. There was persecution in Jerusalem, and there was poverty in Jerusalem, and there was a need in Jerusalem. 
Barnabas, who was an encourager, saw and recognized a need. And so he moved in to meet that need. Barnabas knew there was a difference between ownership and stewardship. Many of us today just major on ownership, but what we're really doing is managing the affairs of God. (laughs) Think about it. We don't really own anything. We don't have anything but only that which God has first given to us. And guess what? (laughs) God has every right to ask for it. Sometimes we think we are exempt from giving because we don't have a lot of money. Well, that's wrong. You can give your time, your wisdom, you can give your love, you can give your help, and I could go on and on and on. The story of Acts chapter 3 says in Acts 3, 3, and that's within the context of what we're considering here in Acts 4, but the story in Acts 3 says, who, seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple, ask an alms. Peter fastened his eyes upon him with John and said, look on us. And he gave heed unto them, expecting to receive something of them. Then Peter said, silver and gold have I none, but such as I have give I thee. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. You see, it's still in that greater context because here we have the early church. The book of Acts is a book of church history, and we're in the first part of it. And I think we're learning some things here in the first part of the book of Acts that speak to us about how important stewardship was in that early church and therefore how important stewardship is to be in our lives. You see, God is not going to ask you to give what you don't have, but rather what you do have. You see, an encourager is a student of that which God has placed in their hands, whatever it might be. Again, time, money, influence, whatever it might be. There's so many people, though, in our world today that need to be encouraged. It wasn't so in just the first century church. Paul said in Galatians 6, 2, Bear ye one another's burdens. Just determined to be an encourager. Right there is a command that involves a, an opportunity for encouragement. Determined to be an encourager by practicing stewardship. And whatever the need may be, just give what you have to give. I know we all have people in our life who need help. So let's mobilize ourselves to come alongside of that person and say, Such as I have, give I unto thee. So number one, I will encourage others by practicing stewardship. Acts 4, verses 36 and 37. Number two in our list today, five ways that we can be an encourager. Number two, I will encourage others by extending friendship. This time I go on over to Acts chapter 9. We read in Acts 9, 22, But Saul increased the more in strength and comforted the Jews which dwelt at Damascus, proving that this is the very Christ. Now you may remember that Saul who had been an enemy of the church, an enemy of the gospel, now he is a friend of the church, a friend of the gospel. He's been preaching Jesus, and after many days were fulfilled, the Jews, it says, took counsel to kill him. (laughs) They said, as soon as this guy comes out, we're going to kill him. Then it says in verse 5 of that same chapter, Then the disciples, too, took him by night and led him down by the wall in a basket. Wow. 
what a turn of events as Paul is now humbled. He's sitting in a basket to be let down over a wall at night. Verse 36 says, And when Saul was come to Jerusalem, he essayed to join himself to the disciples. They were all afraid of him and believed not that he was a disciple. He's in quite a fix now as no one really trusts him or believes him. He was killing the Christians and now he wants to befriend us? Sounds kind of strange. Then in verse 27, But Barnabas took him and brought him to the apostles and declared unto them how he had seen the Lord in the way and that he had spoken to him and how he had preached boldly at Damascus in the name of Jesus. Wow, I say it again, Barnabas, go for it, buddy. Thank God for Barnabas. What what is Barnabas doing? He is extending friendship. He is encouraging Paul by extending love and friendship to Paul. Here is Paul who has lost all of his old friends and his new friends are suspicious of him. But then here is Barnabas who finds a new believer and makes a friend out of him. Someone has said that a true friend is someone who comes in when everyone else goes out. We need to take this lesson to heart and learn to befriend new believers. So Barnabas takes Saul and tells the people, you don't have to be afraid of him. You don't need to worry. Paul, whose name was Saul, prior to salvation, he has been saved, and you need to welcome him. We need Barnabases in our lives today. The majority of people in our society today suffer from chronic loneliness. This would be the beginning points of God using Paul in many wonderful ways, as Paul would later write, Now the God of patience and consolation grant you to be like-minded toward one another according to Christ Jesus, that you may be with one mind and one mouth glorify God, even the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Wherefore receive ye one another as Christ also received us to the glory of God. You see, Paul would later write down what what our responsibility is to be to other believers, and it certainly involves what Barnabas saw as responsibility to him. Again, this, this concept, this truth of encouragement. Paul knew what it was to be received. Paul knew what it was to be a recipient of encouragement. We can all encourage. We can all give, whether it's our money, our time, our friendship, There's something you can do. There's something that I can do. We need churches full of Barnabases. So we're looking at five ways to be an encourager. We discovered number one out of Acts 4. Number one, I will encourage others by practicing stewardship. And now we've developed number two, I will encourage others by extending friendship. And that was out of Acts chapter 9. Now let's proceed and please allow me to share with you number three. Still in the first person, I will encourage others by building partnerships. I'm looking this time at Acts chapter 11, verses 20 through 24. Let me give you a quick, quick background and even say a little bit more about it after I read the text. A revival has broken out in Antioch, and God is doing some incredible things. Now let me read to you beginning with verse 20. 
Some of them were men of Cyprus and Cyrene, which when they were come to Antioch, spake unto the Grecians, preaching the Lord Jesus. And it says, the, the hand of the Lord was with them, and a great number believed and turned unto the Lord. Then tidings of these things came, it says, unto the ears of the church, which was in Jerusalem. And they sent forth Barnabas, and he should go as far as Antioch, who, when he came and had seen the grace of God, was glad and exhorted them all, that with purpose of heart they would cleave unto the Lord. Then verse 24, For he was a good man and full of the Holy Ghost and of faith, and much people were added unto the Lord. Just a little bit more background as I again try to develop this point before us today. Revival had broken out at Antioch. Three quarters of the church at that time was in Jerusalem, and the word of God was going out from Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and from the uttermost part of the world, as it says in Acts chapter 1. Now, who are these people, though, in Antioch? Are they right? Are they orthodox? Are they a cult? Are they just sincere but sincerely wrong? Well, we need to send someone down to see if they are really of us. Who should we send? Barnabas. So he went down and he later reports that he saw the grace of God. How do you see the grace of God? Wow. Well, it's there. He said, these are fellow believers, and we need to get with them. Barnabas was not a wall builder. Barnabas was a bridge builder. So thankful for people who encourage us and bring us together in Christ Jesus. Someone said there are three kinds of people in the world. Number one, risk takers. Number two, care takers. And number three, undertakers. I'm grateful for people who encourage uh, those care, those special people who give care. Okay, let's review five ways that we can be an encourager. Number one, I will encourage others by practicing stewardship. Number two, I will encourage others by extending friendship. Number three, I will encourage others by building partnerships. Now, number four in our list. Number four, I will encourage others by developing leadership. I consider for this fourth point the passage in Acts chapter 11, verses 25, 26, and 7. It says, beginning with verse 25 of chapter 11, Then departed Barnabas to Tarsus for to seek Saul. And when he had found him, he brought unto him, he brought him unto Antioch. And it came to pass that a whole year they assembled themselves with the church and taught much people. And the disciples were called Christians first in Antioch. Wow. Barnabas goes to, to look for Saul again. Why? Barnabas had seen all that God was doing and said they had some wine. And uh, so they needed wineskins. They needed somebody with organ, an organizational mind about them, somebody with, with spiritual insight, somebody who was a leader who can lead all kinds of people in, in all kinds of situations. And so they thought of Saul and said, he's the man. We need to get him down here to Antioch. Saul can lead this bunch of people. 
Barnabas was an encourager. And he could see that Saul had some spiritual gifts that needed to be put to a good use. Paul never forgot that. And, and what Barnabas had done would stay in Paul's mind for years and years. In fact, he later wrote in Romans 12.10, Be kindly affectionate one to another with brotherly love, in honor preferring one another. Barnabas was content to let Saul take the leadership. Barnabas was honored to take second fiddle. Barnabas never wrote a book in the Bible, but Barnabas encouraged two other people to write books in the Bible. Barnabas was truly a humble man. From a human viewpoint, we may never had all that we do that Paul gave from a human viewpoint if it was not for the encouragement that Barnabas gave to Paul. I will encourage others by practicing stewardship. I will encourage others by extending friendship. I will encourage others by building partnerships. I will encourage others by developing leadership. And now finally, number five, I will encourage others by rebuilding relationships. Rebuilding relationships. I like this fifth point. I like them all, but this one really... Wow, this is neat. I'm looking at Acts 15, verses 36 through 40. And it begins in verse 36. And some days after Paul said unto Barnabas, Let us go again and visit our brethren in every city where we have preached the word of the Lord and see how they do. And Barnabas determined to take with them John, whose surname was Mark. Now, now what's the background? Let's stop right there after I read those first two verses. There's a young man whose name was John Mark, and he went with Paul and Barnabas on their first missionary journey. Somewhere along the way, John Mark got homesick. He, he became afraid, and he wanted to go back home. He left the other two at Pamphylia, and John Mark returned home. Now, that bothered Paul so much uh, that he just, well, you'll see what he did in just a moment, but he went back home, but Paul and Barnabas still stayed and just went on and continued with the journey. Later on, they went back to retrace their steps, and Barnabas said that he was going to go get John Mark. And Paul said, no, you can't count on him. So there was a disagreement between Paul and Barnabas. They disagreed, and so they parted ways. Barnabas is sympathetic to John Mark and was not willing to give up on him. After all, failure is not final. Barnabas takes Mark and begins to build or rebuild, if you please, in his life and to nurture him. But interestingly, later on, Paul is in a filthy Roman prison. Time has passed, and according to 2 Timothy 4.11, Paul gives testimony and says, Only Luke is with me. Take Mark. Bring him with thee, for he is profitable to me for the ministry. Wow. How did, how did that happen? All because there was a man named Barnabas. If you let go of a good man named Mark just because he has failed, then you are missing out on a potentially great situation, a potentially great missionary. Always remember, there are people who fail, but we need to be there to help pick them up. 
Someone has said the church is the only organization in the world that shoots its wounded. We need some Barnabases. Galatians 6.1, Brethren, if a man be overtaken in a fault, ye which are spiritual, restore such a one in the spirit of meekness, considering thyself, lest thou also be tempted. The word is the word setting for, for a bone uh, that is used there. That is tender care is what is being exhorted. Ye which are spiritual, restore such a one. The word restore, again, it talks about setting the bone. We all need Barnabases, but we all need to be Barnabases. We place all kinds of thoughts sometimes in priority and degrade encouragement and think it to be so cheap. But my friend, the ministry of encouragement can go on and on and make an impact for years and years and years to come. Five ways we can be an encourager. Deciding to encourage others by practicing stewardship. Encouraging others by extending friendship. Encouraging others by building partnerships. Encouraging others by developing leadership. And then encourage others by rebuilding relationships. How did Barnabas become such a good man? The Bible says Barnabas was a good man full of faith and the Holy Spirit. Why was he full of the Holy Spirit? It says right there, because he was full of faith. Have you trusted Jesus Christ? If not, do so today. And then set yourself on a trajectory to be a Barnabas and to encourage others. Let's pray. Father, thank you for the ministry of Barnabas. We acknowledge, dear God, that you've, you've called us all to be Barnabases, to be encouragers. Thank you, Lord, for those other people in our lives as we look back over the years who have been there to encourage us, to come alongside of us. Thank you most of all for the Holy Spirit of God who lives inside of us, who resides. Help us, Lord, to, to draw encouragement from Him and, and then to pass that on to others. All that we've read today in the book of Acts, Lord, it, it reminds us how practical and up-to-date the Bible really is. So thank you for your word. In Jesus' name, amen.